This podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. To the podcast under the stairs. This is bonus episode 201. I'm your host, Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. On bonus episode 201, it is time to do Movie Club listener reviews for October 2019. The movie I selected for you guys was available exclusively on Shudder, and it's been getting a lot of press this year. It's likely to top or be near the top of many, many lists. It is a little G-horror outing called One Cut of the Dead. Um, I'll be honest with you, I was expecting a ton, a fucking tsunami of reviews, and in the end, I got very little. And I'm going to put that down to the fact that it is October, and you guys are all off doing your own thing. And not because none of could be bothered accessing a movie which was widely accessible, um, and available to everyone out there after moaning and moaning that the movies I'm picking are not accessible. So I'm going to take the less cynical approach and just say it's October. You're horror fans who are probably up to your guts in horror titles doing that 31 of October that most of us like to do this time of year. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to take it personal. I'm not taking it personal. You don't hate me. You love me, don't you? You do love me, don't you? Please tell me you love me. Don't abandon me. Please. No, um, I want to thank everyone that did send in a review and those that reached out to me just to let me know that this month was not particularly good for them. So, um, we're going to keep this episode nice, breezy and short. Trust me, it will be short AF. And uh, let's just jump right into it. So I'm going to take a very short break just now. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for One Cut of the Dead when we return. It's listener reviews. One Cut of the Dead from Movie Club. Challenge Teapots, October 2019. Right after this. Want to learn more about horror directors? With a lighthearted look at three of their movies, meet fearless podcaster Gore Blimey. I've been unsettled by bats in the past and startled by parrots, and I've even been known to jump at the odd cockatoo. Discover horror films that are classics, and others, too. There's a topless aerobics massacre, an exploding rock singer, cannibals, nude martial arts, a deep fried prostitute. But it's not all silliness. You'll get proper movie breakdowns, opinion, and background information, too. Yep, in the 80s and 90s, Jeff Stryker was huge in gay porn. In every sense. So if you're a horror film fan, come and check out the Trilogy of Terror podcast at strangeanddeadly.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or on your podcatcher. One of those people that has a certain charisma and a certain style, and I'm just hoping one day he'll rub off on me. The Trilogy of Terror podcast, where we try three times harder to give you the willies.
なしのワンカット最初から最後まで一度もカメラを止めませんそんな無茶な企画あるわけないでしょう。And welcome back So let's just kick right into this Our first review comes in from our good buddy Derek from the Cinema Attacks podcast An underwater kaiju from outer space Derek said Hey what's going on T-Putz listeners This is Movie Club Time, and Derek here from、uh, Cinema Attack Underwater Kaiju No More Room in Hell and Celluloid Dissections Podcast. Yes, I'm a busy man, guys. Yes. <laughs> But、uh, today I'm here to talk to you about a film that was originally like, made in 2017, got like, a UK release in 2018, and then. Came to us in America and all the other regions through Shudder exclusively in 2019, and that is One Cut of the Dead from the land of Japan. Yes.、Uh, this is a film I have heard about for the longest time, and you know, I'm glad I didn't、uh, read into this movie at all because this was an experience, this whole movie.、Uh, Pretty much like the opening half hour is the film within the film because what's cool is、uh, everything that happens in the rest of the movie, like if you notice like little mistakes here and there, and be like, why did that happen? Why is the camera just standing there? Or, you know, like why is people popping up in shots that weren't supposed to be there or alive, you know? But, uh, Yeah, and then the switch happens, and my mouth dropped because pretty much this movie is a love letter to filmmaking in general. And it's going to have a lot of mixed opinions, but I love the turn in this movie. I love the aspect of it being about them making the first half hour of the movie the one cut of the dead, where. And the other aspect of the movie is them getting all ready. It takes place like a few months before、uh, filming begins, and you know, prepping and getting their actors ready. And also,、uh, and what ends up happening is it becomes like a family movie in a way because、uh, the director's family gets involved, and actually, his wife is、uh, a former actress per se, where 
she ends up becoming uh, part of the crew and, you know, part of the acting troops of the film. And uh, she goes straight Kathy Bates on this movie. I love her. She's probably my favorite character. She's just hilarious just to watch on screen, especially the shit that happens in the last half of the movie where she just goes full into character. It's like a... Uh, the perfect example of this would be like Kathy Bates in American Horror Story Roanoke, where uh, she's just into the character for so long <laughs> and she just goes haywire and crazy but uh, it's kind of like that and you know I laugh because uh, there's a one thing that happens in the film within the film when we see in the beginning where it's just like this long lingering shot on the girl and you hear like the action happening and you don't know what's happening because they don't cut to it. It's weird because I'm like, okay, this must be a mistake or something. Or they're just this is like a director's choice or show less is more. But the real aspect of it that I love is they're just trying to subdue this crazy in-character performance of this lady. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny, guys. You got to see it to believe it. Uh, I'm not doing the film justice. I actually, uh, funny enough, uh, it's just fun, you know. It's just a fun movie to watch. And, you know, if you love, like, micro-budget cinema like I do, this film is more appreciated that way because uh, a lot of the micro-budget cinema directors kind of have the same, like, style and, you know, background that this film has. And it's a love letter to, like, low-budget cinema in general. And I love it about that. I love the family aspect of this movie, of where it goes and where it drives. And I love, like, how they reconnect with the, the father-daughter angle that happens in the movie. And it's cute. You know, I love the final, like, shot of, you know, the film within the film. Like, how do they do that? And when you see how they did that, it's amazing and you know it's heartfelt because then there's like a good bonded moment that happens within it that but you puts a little tinker in uh Derek's heart you know I, I like cute shit like that but anyways you know if I had to rate like a one cut of the dead on a Netflix score of one through five it's a perfect film in my opinion this is even if you're not a fan of the movie per se I think you could appreciate what they try to do with it and you know I do and I love the film you know it's funny from start to finish even like uh, the crazy stuff in the film within the film is pretty funny uh, when you watch it and then you're like okay why is he throwing zombies at them you know but uh, it's super fun man if I had to rate it it's definitely getting a 5 out of 5 for me this is probably one of the best experiences I've seen all year uh, for a film in general, and I loved it. I'm glad I went in blind on this one, because I know Duncan has been talking about this film for a while on different various shows, especially like Duncan and Bo Come Correct. And, you know, I kind of fast forward, because I think they might have went in-depth on that one. But anyways... Uh, Another part of this uh, Teapot's uh, movie club is, uh, what would I watch uh, like a, during the Halloween season that's like underappreciated, underrated, or 
you know, underseen. And I gotta go with the film Eyes of My Mother. It's a film that I heard a little bit of buzz about when it first came out. But I don't hear anybody talk about it anymore. It's a film from uh, Nicholas uh, Pesci, I believe that's how he pronounced his last name. Who, uh, of course, uh, went on to direct Pearson. And he's directing the new Grudge film. It's his first feature, and it's a hypnotic movie because it's all shot in black and white. It has that black and white aesthetic that I love, and it's just a cool movie. And it's short, it runs it's like 70 minutes, so it's a ride, fast ride in there. I think a lot of people should see that film if they haven't. It's a one that I always go back to, and you know, it actually grew on me. It wasn't in my top 10 of the year when it came out, but if I watched it now and redid my list, it probably would be. So, Eyes of My Mother, really cool film. And uh, that's about it, uh, guys. Uh, it's uh, going to be fun, you know, as I can say. You could check me out on all the shows that I'm part of, Cinema Attack and its sister show, Celluloid Dissections. You could find those on Horophilia as well as No More Room in Hell, uh, and also my Legion podcast, podcast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, where we're going to bring you those visions from Monsterland, guys. So have fun, and I can't wait to hear what everybody else thinks of this awesome movie. Thanks to Derek for sending in that review. Always great to hear from you, Derek. And uh, Eyes of My Mother, good shout. That's a movie that I want to say was in my top five the year it came out. I really, really dug that one. It ticked many of the Duncan boxes, many of them. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad that you are finding more love for it as time moves on. Right, I'm all about balance on this show, and I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of love for this movie. And if one person in particular loves this movie, you know that the law of averages dictates that the other person won't. So let's just get to that review just now from our good buddy Tim Walker. Tim says, hello Duncan and Teapot's people. One cut of the dead. I tried to go in with an open mind. I really did. I was really hoping that this would be an exception to my intense dislike of horror comedies. Nope. It feels like I've written a negative review for every horror comedy ever made at this point. Well, here comes another one and I'll have to do it again because this is my D6 movie in my 31 days of Halloween. So I'll not just piss off Duncan and Teapot's listeners, but plenty of my Facebook friends as well. Why do I have to be so goddamn honest? Why can't I just lie and pretend that I like everything? I'll never learn. Alright, well this movie comes extremely highly recommended, seemingly by everyone with a pulse. And I truly don't know what movie they watched. It was a first half, second half movie. The first half was predictable, unfunny, but not boring by any stretch. The second half was a bit more unpredictable, also unfunny, and extremely boring. I just don't get it. I don't get what everyone sees in this movie. Is it really that clever? I didn't like the story, or either story I guess I should say. The acting wasn't good, obviously I didn't find it funny. The only time I even chuckled a little bit was the cameraman wiping the blood off the screen as we were running, and that was it. Otherwise I watched it totally poker faced or shaking my head like I usually do with some horror comedies. I even found the music to be obnoxious. Normally I at least have something nice to say about the score. Nope. Literally the only thing I really liked about the movie is the women were nice to look at. Especially the lead actress, so there was that. I know what's coming, but wasn't it clever, Tim? 
how they tied the two halves of the movies together. No, I was fucking bored in the second half, almost constantly checking the time left. Then it got too cutesy at the end. Oi. If you like it, knock yourself out, but I didn't. I think my mate, I've made my feelings about meta, humour and horror movies pretty plain. I don't think I need to rehash my feelings about Cabin in the Woods or Tragedy Girls again, do I? I don't hate this as much as Tragedy Girls. I think there's an unattainable goal for any movie to reach. In fact, I'm not so sure I hate this one at all, but I definitely do not like it. Maybe listening to some other reviews might help. What the hell is so great about this one? Why all the hype? Maybe you guys can explain. You may be all relieved to know I'm giving this one 2 out of 5. Stop me if you've heard this before, but I just don't like horror comedies. I'll probably never watch it again. I seriously would like a fucking explanation of what's so great about this one. All the hype did not help, but I wouldn't have been a fan of this one regardless. It just doesn't work for me. Alright, enough of that. The second part of the review is which movie would be good for October horror that doesn't get talked about too much, is underrated, etc. I would say Vampire from 1932, but I think many of my fellow classic horror fans do rate that one pretty highly. One that doesn't get talked about much but does have a fun spooky atmosphere is At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul, the first Coffin Joe film from Brazil. Doesn't get talked about as being a good Halloween movie, but absolutely is. It's a great black and white good old fashioned spook show horror movie in my opinion. Well, as you often, or should I say, very often hear me say after a horror comedy review, maybe I'll like the next one. I suspect if it's a horror comedy, I might. Um, sorry, I suspect if it's not a horror comedy, I might. Until then, expect more negative reviews, or in this case, a near exasperated negative review. I just don't get it. Take care, Duncan and Teapot's people, and cheer up. I just don't like horror comedies. Tim. Uh, Tim, I can't certainly speak for everyone else. Um, and I wouldn't begin to belittle anything that you actually said. If it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. And if you don't like horror comedies, you don't like horror comedies. Um, I think my love of this movie is threefold for the following reasons. This is a movie within a movie, technically within another movie. Um, the whole first section is shot all in one cut, so it's one unbroken shot which I think in terms of a technical feat is fucking incredible. I mean, it's ostensibly 35 minutes of one cut. Yes, the acting is terrible, but it's on purpose terrible, as explained by the second half of the movie, which leans into how clever the writing actually is, because when you're watching the first half of the movie, your default stance is this is a really low-budget, horribly put-together zombie movie. And you don't even, at that point, understand that it's all shot on one cut. So the first explanation, the first flavour, so to speak, in the Sunday is that of a very banal, very cheaply made zombie movie. The second flavour, the part that you also didn't like, um, is the, the kind of story about a guy who really wants to make movies but is very cynically approaching movies. He's lost his love for what he does. And I think as a cinephile, as a fan of cinema, I think we know when a director is phoning something in. And I think that's that's a sad state of affairs. As an artist, you want to always be intrigued or excited for the next project. There's no point of phoning it in, like you mentioned earlier on. So we get the backup 
to lead up to the recording. The third part of this movie is actually the explanation of why the first part of this movie is so poorly acted. And I think that's where the genius comes in because every every reaction we got in the first half of the movie is explained in the second half of this movie. And the bit that you call too cutesy at the end, I think is what underlines why this movie is so great. It's essentially, and I know that Derek's already mentioned it, it's a kind of love letter to not only micro-budget cinema, because this movie didn't cost a lot to make, but it's a, I think it's a love letter to horror cinema in general. This is everything that getting a group of friends together, getting some lo-fi effects, getting a camera and going out there and doing something is all about. And it might not necessarily be fully successful and it might not have even made you laugh. It did make me laugh quite a bit when I watched it, um, but it might not have made you laugh and the jokes might have felt flat. Um, but to me, this is a movie that transcends several different ideas and several different genres by being what it is, essentially. Because the last part of this movie, the credits, show you how they achieve the one cut you see in the first part of the movie. So it's like going behind the scenes, behind the scenes to the actual real shoot. And that's where you actually see that everyone here is working on their e-game to create something. The technical precision and ability is of such a high level to make something look so poor. And I think that is, like, even if you don't like the acting, even if you didn't like the score, the very nature of how this movie is constructed without cynicism, with pure love and passion for the genre, should shine through. And that is all I will say about that. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you, buddy. And like I've said many times on here, it is not movie club's purpose, or it should not be movie club's purpose, to convert someone or change someone's opinion on something. It's to highlight movies that you may or may not have seen. You were already going to watch this one as part of your list. So that is fair. You were always going to watch this one. But let's see something like um, Satan's Little Helper which we did this time last year, which was a horror comedy that you liked. Um, that's the job for this. It's to raise movies that people wouldn't generally watch or movies that they probably, I think they should probably see just to react to it negatively or positively. And I think you coming to that with your opinion is as valid as anyone else's opinion on this show and always will be. And I always hope that you will continue to write in because Tim, you are at least above all else, consistent with your approach. Um, I didn't think this one was going to win you over just because it was a horror comedy, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. Uh, the worst thing to do is get to the end of the year and deliberately omit a title from your viewing because it's of a specific genre that you might or might not like. It's better to experience it and see how well it actually stacks up against the other movies you don't like. So, um, Thanks for writing in as always, Tim. Uh, if Tim has went one way, then we know for one like absolute fact we will have someone going another way. So let's just get into this. Donna Nelly says, Frankly, for this challenge, I'm not going to talk about this one because I absolutely love this movie. This hits so many of my favourite points, including Asian horror, zombies, films about horror movie making and bizarre Japanese humour, which is served into a cocktail of absolute hilarity. This is my new favourite zombie comedy of all time, surpassing Shaun of the Dead in the category, not a horror comedy, but just zombie comedy. I hope I made that clear. And it's definitely a film I hope all fans 
who aren't into Asian cinema give you a chance to see as this is something fun and unique. Overall, this is easily a 5 out of 5 on the Netflix scale I've ever given and as for what I think is the underrated Halloween effort, I would have to say the Mexican zombie slasher hybrid Cemetery of Terror as it takes place on Halloween night. Definitely something I don't think too many have seen, so I hope it works that way for this challenge. Thank you very much for that Don. I knew you were going to come down very strong for this one. I have never seen a Cemetery of Terror, so it's now on my list of movies to check out and I very much look forward to that. Right, where to go next? Um, we have another audio clip. Uh, it's from our good buddy Tony Case. Tony, let us know what you made of One Cut of the Dead. Hola bicholas. So this is going to be a super short review because I am of the firm belief that the less you know about One Cut of the Dead going into it, the more you'll enjoy it. Go in cold, watch no trailers, read no synopsises, just hit play and enjoy the reaction you get when you're about 45 minutes in and go, wait a minute, what the fuck is going on? One Cut is clever, probably one of the most clever zombie movies I have seen in a very long time. Mind you, it's not really fair to call this a zombie movie, although I'm not really sure what I would call it. It's not really a comedy, not really a horror movie. Perhaps it's closer in tone to This Is Spinal Tap than anything else, but even that's not a perfect fit. What I can call it is good. Really, really good. A movie that you'll want to go back and watch the first half again so you can see all the dots connected now that you know what the back half of the movie is doing. Okay, I know this is really annoyingly vague. Just go watch the damn thing, will you? As for my underrated Halloween movie, that would be the WNUF Halloween special from 2013. It is my favorite found footage movie, hands down. Now, I hear you guys rolling your eyes at, oh God, another found footage movie. But that's okay, fear not, because this one has got a really clever twist. The premise is that the news department at WNUF is doing a segment on a local haunted house. It's your typical Amityville horror, you know, a murder happened here 40 years ago and it's been haunted ever since. So they bring in psychics and a priest for an exorcism and all your typical haunted house tropes. What's clever about it is that despite being made in 2013, the movie looks and feels like it was straight out of the 80s on a local UHF station, right down to the late night regional ads for car dealerships and appliance clearance warehouses. Think your fictional version of Jim Varney's Havern commercials and you're on the right track. The producers, they even took the original video master copied it to VHS a couple of times, and then put the result out on DVD. So it has scan lines and that kind of slightly fuzzy videotape look that really, really sells the gimmick. It's kind of similar to what the BBC did in 1992 with Ghostwatch, but a little more regional and a lot more 80s. And I think I am the only person who has ever heard of this. And that's a damn shame. So I'm gonna try and rectify that. So for my grade, both One Cut of the Dead and WNUF gets a Netflix 5 out of 5 for me. Back to you, Duncan. Thank you for that review, Tony. Always great to hear from you, my friend. Glad that you dug One Cut of the Dead. And that's an interesting little selection with the WNUF. Um, that's one that I know quite a few people rate incredibly highly watching it every October. I sadly think it's good. I don't, I don't think it's great. I'm not the firmest fan of how the movie ends overall. 
uh, so I've always kind of marked it down for that. But in terms of picking a movie that definitely sums up uh, the season, it's, it's, a, it's a thumping strong one, if ever there was one. Now, our good buddy Lee Russell usually closes out these shows with a review. Sadly, Lee has been uh, very sidetracked and very busy of late, um, and as a result has sent on some apologies for us all. So taking his place on this episode with a final review is our good buddy David Garrett Jr. David says... Hello again, Duncan and Teapots listeners. David Garrett Jr. here for October 2019 Movie Club with the film One Cut of the Dead Out of Japan. This one I actually had the pleasure of catching last month in the theater when it was showing for uh, a one-night special event. I heard Duncan, as well as some other podcasters, really enjoyed this one, so I had it on one of the top movies on my list to check out for this year. I did find it funny that everyone was cryptic about this one, and it makes complete sense after you see it and why they had to be. We really kind of get two different movies here. The first 30 minutes, we are seeing a one continuous shot film crew making a zombie movie. The director, Hagarusha, is irate as he feels that Chinitsu uh, isn't giving the performance that he wants. This causes a break in filming. As it continues on, we see some weird scenes that feel awkward. It is once you realize the movie they're making is a meta look, uh, where we kind of have like almost an Inception type thing where there's a movie within the movie. Now, when I was in college, I actually worked on a feature length film. I was actually the script supervisor and had to be there pretty much every day of filming. And I would actually do some of the things that we saw in this movie, especially the hiding while something is being filmed by me. Having that experience definitely added an extra layer for me of enjoyment. The writing of this film is actually something that I found to be really strong and made me a big fan. There are things that we see reference, like one character is an alcoholic so they have to hide a celebratory uh, bottle of booze or that um, Hagarusha is such a pushover. It isn't until the filming starts and he steps into this role that the previous actor couldn't make that he snaps and really starts to make his best work. As I've said before on these, horror comedies don't always work. This isn't an example of that. Both times that I've watched this, I've literally cracked up during watching it and I think a lot of that is that the acting works so well and the idea is something that is highly creative. It is kind of like peeking behind the curtain of the film industry um, while actually being a pretty low budget zombie movie that still kind of works in its own weird way. My rating for this on the Netflix scale would be 4.5 out of 5 and definitely one that I will revisit time to time because I did have that much fun with it. As for the second part of this movie club challenge, um, a spooky film that I like to watch in October that I feel is either underrated, underseen, or underappreciated. Now I did some searching of some lists just to kind of get an idea of film so I wasn't making a decision of something without being fully um, invested here um, and as well as checking my own ratings the one that decided to go with was the anthology film from a few years ago All Hallows Eve. I took this home blindly when I was working at a video store um, thanks to the cover having Art the Clown on it. 
I feel like this really does embody the Halloween vibe, and it obviously introduces us to this character that gained a lot of popularity um, thanks to the film Terrifier. Not all the segments work, and I wouldn't say this is a great film, but it's definitely one that has uh, some really creepy vibes to it, especially the segment with art that really kind of got under my skin the first time I saw it. Uh, thanks again, Duncan, for doing these, and can't wait for the episode. David Garrett Jr. signing off. And thank you very much to David for his review as well. And that's your lot, ladies and gents. That is our movie club for this month. We only have two left in this year and two Asian horror movies to tick off before we are done. Now I'm going big and bold in the next one with one of my favourite slashers from Asian horror um, and it's not an obscure one, it is a fairly well known title so we'll be hitting that up next and then December I am going slightly more obscure uh, and going for something very more in line with something gnarly to put you in a depressing December mood. So that's all I'm going to see and then we'll be swinging away from Asia to try something new in 2020. Right, I'm going to take my final break when I come back and close out the show right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been bonus episode 201. This has been a Movie Club listener reviews as part of Challenge Teapots October 2019 looking at one cut of the dead. That is right. That is right. Only two more Asian cinema movies to watch before the end of the year and before we swing Movie Club to a different part of the world. Actually, next year... Uh, we're going to do something fun for the first couple of months something a bit quirkier and I hope you all enjoy it it's going to cast you all in the wee wee back machine and that's all I'm going to see about that there's a multitude of ways to check out podcasts under the stairs as always I say come across and check us out on Apple Podcasts subscribe to the feed leave us a rating and a review it's the best way to support us on that platform you can check us out at Stitcher Smart Radio SoundCloud Google Play TuneIn and of course Spotify visit our website it's tpatscast.com and you can support the show by buying merch like posters and pins by going direct to tputzcast on tputzcast.bigcartel.com You can visit us on Facebook if you want to join the group page and interact with other listeners who chat about this show and horror movies it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast Alternatively, if you only want to know as and when the shows are dropping occasionally check out a live stream Nikki Thursday Thursday then that's the Facebook page which is simply facebook.com forward slash tputzcast you can interact with myself and the Baz on the twin prongs of social media sex. There's Instagram and Twitter. Both can be followed at TeaputsCast. Check us out on the Flick Chat app. It's available free for iOS and Android users. Create a profile and join our page by using the join code TeaputsCast. There you can listen to the show directly through the app and then interact through series of message board posts dedicated to the shows that we're releasing, horror topics and the individual segments themselves. It's a great way to get involved with conversations which stop when I hit stop on this show but continue over in earnest on that app. There's about 140 people now using it and our page and the conversations are fucking great. So join us on the Flick Chat app. Right, the podcast Under the Stairs will return 
for you, dear listeners. Uh, this weekend, we're going to return on Saturday when we drop the second half of that Wishmaster Russian Roulette franchise retro. And then on Sunday, we're doing Navajo Joe, which is disc number, I want to say it's 41. <laughs> that rings a bell. 41 of the ET Films Italian collection. So we'll be doing that as well. So there we go. Until then, wherever you are, what the time zone is and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, please take care of yourselves out there. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs and I am signing off. (laughs) 